If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rob Fagan for Jazz till about six this evening. Mental health this time of year is always at the forefront, wondering how people are getting through the holidays. You know, we always size things up and we're always trying to figure things out for next year so that we can make improvements. But there is a question out there right now that I think does need an answer. And I think we have the momentum. It's just a matter of can we get over the hurdle? Why should BC have a public mental health system? Dr. Erica Penner, Director of Advocacy for the BC Psychological Association, kind enough to join me. Doctor, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. So let's just answer that question right out of the gates. Why should BC have a public mental health system? Yeah, I mean, I think there are so many good reasons. It's even hard to count them. I mean, there's the obvious quality of life human aspect that we all deserve and and should have access to the very best quality of care, not just physical health care, but mental health care, knowing what an impact it has on every aspect of of our life, including our physical health. But I mean, we can also point to numbers. We can can look at how it improves, uh, you know, in terms of our our economy and savings there, in terms of um, the cost to our health care system itself. There are so many good reasons why we should be providing this kind of kind of care to folks. I'm not sure if everybody knows this, but right now, mental health support is only available privately or through work plans, and that leaves uh, a certain part, portion of our society vulnerable. I think that's a problem on its own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I worked in private practice for many years, and, and I know that the slice of folks that can access me is so small compared to those who actually need help. And I think that's a big reason why our organization has been pushing for psychologists to be part of the primary care system, just knowing that that's where people go. I mean, I think for all of us, when we're feeling depressed or anxious or, or when we have pain or, or can't sleep, you know, we go to our family doctor, and really that's where we need to be catching people. So I would imagine family doctor, I know mine is full and it's tough to get in. I know my dentist is full, it's tough to get in. Would it be fair to say that some psychologists are full as well and that they're, we're at the point where we're looking at wait lists as well? I mean, anecdotally, for sure. I think we see that in the private practice world. But at the same time, you know, we recently surveyed all of the psychologists in BC, and over 200 said that, you know, it kind of effective immediately they would be willing to put at least minimum one day a week of their time into primary care office work. So I think what we see is that, yes, people are full and they're busy and, and so are GPs, but there's still that real commitment to provide better public-funded services. Because as someone in public practice, you know, I do see this really small slice of the population, and while those folks deserve treatment just as much as anyone else, that's not really why we got into psychology in the first place. I mean, the, the point is to help everyone who needs it. I always think that when the media focuses on mental health, we immediately all dry our attention because of the spectacle to the downtown east side of Vancouver. But the reality is, is we're looking at smaller populations, you know, for instance, on the island, we're looking in the interior, we're looking up north. I mean, this is truly a provincial challenge. Absolutely. I mean, we all have a state of physical health every day, and we all have a state of mental health every day. And to pretend as though, um, you know, that, that any of us are immune, I mean, I, I wish, right? 
But the reality is at least 50% of us will have a mental health condition by the time that we're 40. And realistically, that's probably an underestimate, right? We still know that stigma really affects the degree to which people will report on mental health symptoms. Another great reason to have mental and behavioral health part of our primary care system, right? It just normalizes it. Nobody feels bad or silly to say, oh, I've got to go see my doctor today. And if your psychologist is just part of the team there, that really sends the message that it's okay. Like, it's okay to have a mental health concern. And in fact, we all probably will at some point or other. Do you feel like, uh, Dr. Erica Penner joining us here on CKNW, doctor, do you feel like we as a society have a pre uh, have finally allowed that to be a part of the normal conversation like I'm having mental challenges and perhaps it is just the structure for instance in British Columbia that needs to catch up you know what I mean there's a lot of surveys on this in Canada as well and absolutely we're doing better than we used to and people will still name cost uh, you know accessibility as one of the main reasons that they don't seek mental health services but stigma is still huge like let's not pretend otherwise it's still really hard to say that you need mental health support. It's still looked down upon. You know, I, I think it would be a lot easier to say that you sprained your ankle than it would be to say that you're suffering from depression and that's why you can't come into work today. So we have a long ways to go in that regard. What progress have we seen over the last couple of years? I'll, I'll ask you that as my last question. I mean, you've probably been at this for a while. What are some of the things you've seen maybe just even through the pandemic where you're like, you know what, as, as daunting as this task is, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I think what I see is that our government is trying to make changes. Like we've seen the changes to the the payment of, of family doctors, which is great, recognizing the important work that they're doing. But I also see that our Ministry of Health and Ministry of Mental Health and Addictions, you know, they're they're having conversations about publicly funded mental health. They're they're seeing the importance of it. I do think you're kind of saying like, how do we get over this last hump? And I think we're still on the other side of it. I don't think we've gotten over it yet because we we just haven't quite put our money where our mouth is yet, but we actually have a proposal into the government now for about 13 months saying, like, let's get psychologists into primary care, and we're really looking forward to hearing back from them about that. Well, let's hope that you get that answer in 2023. Doctor, thank you for your time this afternoon. My pleasure. There she is, Dr. Erica Penner, Director for Advocacy for the BC Psychological Association. She brings up a lot of great points. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the entire interview, maybe you tuned in a little bit late. Don't forget our audio vault at cknw.com can give you the opportunity to listen back to any of the interviews from any of the shows that we have had here today. Uh, What do you think? I'd love to hear from you. Is it time to bring this to the forefront public mental health? Should it just become a part of the system as a whole and not just be privatized and through one of your work insurance policies? Buzz line is 604-331-2899. That's 604-331-2899. And uh, we would love your feedback on that topic or anything that you've heard on this show. When we come back, hour two, have you ever had this happen to you? A little bit of sticker shock. You're ordering from, you know, Skip the Dishes or any of those different companies out there. Uh, or maybe even direct from the restaurant, you get the bill and all of a sudden you say, wow, that was more expensive than I thought. And then you start looking through the receipt and you realize that that delivery fee is a lot bigger than you thought. Well, the first permanent delivery fee cap in Canada comes into effect on January the 1st here in our fine province, which means, yeah, there is a limit to what people can do when it comes to charging you to bring stuff right to your doorstep. We're going to get into that. We had a little bit of audio earlier in the day from Ian Tostenson, and uh, we will replay that on the other side of the break. Yes, they finally put a cap on it, which means now you can go crazy. I'm Rob Fay filling in for Jazz, back with Hour 2 after this.